0: I invite you to pull out your bulletin as we now turn to scripture together. You can also follow along on the screen as well as, of course, in a Bible if you have one. We have another single verse as we continue in the Lord's Prayer. is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 11. Hear now God's word. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the word of the Lord. Well, that was brief and to the point. The reason why, and you may be new here, actually have seen um, several folks who are visiting who have uh, moved away and uh, met at least one new person and it's just great to see all these uh, folks coming around and we're in um, this series since uh, some of you at least are here for uh, the first time in a while and we're going through the Lord's Prayer. And we have joined into small groups, many of us have, and we're looking at the, the Lord's Prayer, this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And we're looking at it line by line, and we've, we've already been through the first uh, couple of stanzas, which are, they, they begin rightly with God, not with us. And so they're these lofty, you know, our, our father who, that means that we have a familial relationship with him, followers of Jesus. He, he's our dad, he's our daddy. Uh, we, we, we love him, and we have access to him at any time because of what Jesus has done for us. That is a great gift, Amen. So our father, and yet he's in heaven. He's he's not fully here. We're not fully in his presence. We see through a glass darkly. We will see face to face one day. Uh, And and we say that that we want his name to be holy and that we want his kingdom to come in our lives. We want his will to be done. Now we know that his sovereign will is always done, but we want his revealed will to happen in in this world. And and first and foremost, in our hearts, and our lives. And so Uh, All of these very uh, majestic ideas of who God is, realities of who God is, and what we want, and then we're going very, very quickly transitioning to um, a a very earthy part of the prayer, a very basic part of the prayer. Uh, Now, um, I wanna show you a couple slides of my family, and these are from, a couple of these are throwbacks. Uh, This is uh, years ago, and we were at um, Indian Lake, We were having a picnic, and uh, I love getting food for my family. I I really enjoy it. This is another picture of um, Bob Evans back in the day, and pancakes, and bacon, and and we still do that today. Just a couple weeks ago, we try to do it every other week. Our college kids come home, and we have brunch together, and I didn't have a picture of us eating brunch together. I just had a picture of Isabella and K.K., gooning on the couch, just messing around, and there is a cat in between them, and there's no food there, but they've already eaten, and so they have energy to, to I don't know, goof around, and uh, all of that is to say, over the years, I have loved providing food for my kids. I enjoy it, and um, we're, we're talking about this this um, line, give us this day our daily bread, um, I am a, uh, a sinful and sometimes selfish dad. Our father in heaven is never that way. And he loves to provide for his children. He really does. He, he, he loves it when we ask him for just what we need. And so this petition, this aspect of the Lord's prayer is going to point us to the goodness of a father who loves us and encourage us in a particular way of asking Him for what it is that we need, we have a God whose heart is is um, turned toward us and who tells us to ask Him uh, what we what we need for today. So let's pray, and then we will take a look at this brief text. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy and grace. We thank you that that you are our Father, and and the only way that you can actually be our Father is through your son Jesus, and we thank you that, that we can come to you asking for our very most basic needs. We ask now that you send your Holy Spirit so that we can understand more about what this line of the prayer means and, and how we ought to apply it to not only our prayer lives, but apply it to uh, the life that we live in, in this world, this beautiful but broken world that you have created. And we ask um, for your Uh, Your wisdom and your guidance help us to sit up, pay attention, and to understand your word this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So there's several questions that I want to look at like I did last week. Uh, The first is, when do we need? When do we need? Um, One scholar, his name is Mark Harris, he gave a description of what the average, like first century Jew's life was like, a, a day in the life, and this is how... He described it, quote, The first century Jew typically rose before the sun did, dressed in a simple woolen or linen tunic and leather sandals and tilled the fields for several hours before returning home for his morning meal of vegetables and bread. His home was no more than a few rooms, walls of stone and mud and a roof of beams and branches and mud. After eating that meal, he returned to the fields using hand tools and perhaps an ox. Occasionally, he went to the market to buy the items needed for his farm and family. And after his toil, he would return home to his wife and children for an evening meal, teaching the scriptures and perhaps singing, and then an early bedtime. During this time, his, his wife... Who would have become pregnant soon, most likely? Once a mother prepared the meals, made and washed the clothing, kept house, and cared for their children. End quote. So that's a just a little bit of a picture. If you had a plot of land and you were a first-century Jew, that's what life would have been like. Very simple and fraught with all kinds of uh, scary things and difficulties. There's a it's it's. Pretty hard to understand or to to know with a lot of um, clarity what the life expectancy was in the first century. But there's a, a Roman historian named Tacitus. And he put that mark at around 30 years of age. That the average life expectancy was 30 years old. And that, of course, included tremendous infant mortality. It included plagues and warfare. And, and you know, if you, if you uh, broke your leg back then, you weren't getting operated on. There was no surgeon. So lots of things that could happen. And, and certainly some people live to an older age. We see that in the Bible. And, but, but by and large the life expectancy was somewhere around 30. And with all of that taken into account, well, it's no wonder that daily bread was an appropriate prayer. Today, 21 centuries later, we live in the wealthiest society that this earth has ever seen. And while there are people who absolutely are wondering where their next meal is going to come from, and perhaps that includes some people here in this room my understanding is that by and large the people who are here this morning are not worrying about where their next meal is going to come from that that, that is not something that most people are worrying about what what am i going to eat today and so if that's the case then what what do what do we think about this prayer well I also think it's worth noting that in our day, there, even, even in the midst of the most wealthy society that has ever been on, on the earth, there is tremendous anxiety, loneliness, uh, fear. In, in our culture. There, there is more need for folks who help with mental illness today, and, and our systems are stretched to the limit. This during a time of tremendous abundance. And what is it that we often think is gonna solve our problems? Just a little bit more, a little bit more money. Could it be, perhaps, that you and I are barking up the wrong tree? I mean, it, it, might, it might be the case. In, in, in this era that we think, and, and standard of living includes a lot more than just money, of course. That's why we see so many people who are, who are unhappy and worried and, and stressed uh, in, in that day, in the first century, Communities were much more tight knit, and families were extended, and there were relationships that that survived and thrived throughout many, many years. and And in our day, um, perhaps it is true that one of the things that we need when we pray, "Give us this day our daily bread," is is we need uh, deeper relationships. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what um, this is. There's a guy named Martin Chemnitz, a 16th century theologian. He said that this line of the prayer actually includes Everything that we would need for today, not just, not just material blessing, give us this day our daily bread, but, but all that we need. And there, there are often days where we need a lot more than just material things, amen? amen. There, there are lots of times when we are we're struggling, where we're having a hard time getting by. And when we pray this prayer, we are reminding ourselves That actually all that we have is a gift from God. And there's there's a line in the first hymn that we all sung together that I I just I wrote down um, during the service before coming up here. It says, While all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care. All that borrows life from thee, our life is not our own. We have no idea how long we're going to live. And what is this thing that we call our time? Do we have a bank of it somewhere? Do we keep it in our back pocket just in case we need more of it? No, we we don't have time. Time is not our own. And so this prayer reminds us of that reality that all that we have is a gift from God. This is how John Calvin put it, that this prayer is to teach us that we depend every moment on the kindness of God and ought to be content with that portion which he gives us. The fields must no doubt be cultivated and every man must submit to the toil of his calling in order to procure food. But all of this does not hinder us from being fed by the undeserved kindness of God. We are thus taught that what we seem to have acquired by our own industry is, in fact, his gift. So we, we, of course, we work hard to provide and to, to have enough, but we also are reminded that even in the act of working, God has given us the abilities to work and to acquire the things that we have. And so uh, when are we concerned about? We're, we're concerned about today. Today. And if you are hurting today and you're having a hard time, then, then that prayer, you may have enough food. But the prayer, God, help. I need help today, is an appropriate prayer to pray to our Father. Now, what, what about tomorrow? That's the second question. Is it, is it wrong to think about tomorrow? Should we have no concern for the future then if we're only supposed to think about today? Well, um, the Bible actually lifts up many times where planning is appropriate and uh, right and we ought to plan. So um, Proverbs Six, 6 through 8. Go to the ant, O oh sluggard. A sluggard is a lazy person. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. We ought to pay attention to the puny little ant with an even punier little brain that knows enough to, to prepare now for the wintertime when there won't be food. Like that's a, that's a really important lesson to learn. So does it mean that we should not plan? Uh, I don't think so. And is that a danger among this crowd? Well, I, I don't think so. I mean, there are some of you who fly by the seat of your pants. But most of us, if if you had to pick one side or the other, are we too planful or are we just, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Let's just see what it brings. Which one are we? Yeah, I was talking to a... A student who is um, you know applying for schools and I asked how many schools that that um, this person applied to and the answer was 20 20 20 yeah I I think if we were to swing one side or the other it might be that we plan a little too much a little too intensely and um, and it's true that we are not supposed to worry about tomorrow Right after, Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 6, this is what he says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they. That is a rhetorical question, and the rhetorical answer is yes. You are absolutely worth more than birds. Now, you might think that's easy for Jesus to say. He did not get the kind of returns on his retirement plan that I got on mine in 2022. Um, when I looked at at my my you know end of year printout, I I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> Why? Well, I was, I was sick to my stomach with what happened, and what was I sick to my stomach with? Worry about the future, a future that I do not own and that I don't ever know if I will ever get to that place called the future. And you know, it is very, very easy to let our minds run away with worry when all we really need to think about is today. It's today and so I think Jesus gives us this prayer in part because we struggle with enjoying today what God has given us because we're too busy thinking about tomorrow and what we may or may not have and and I want to I want to give you a few suggestions about how all of us can combat that, that, that terrible thing called anxiety that steals our joy today that I think all of us deal with to one degree or another, some of us far worse than others. First, give thanks. It is a great antidote to anxiety to simply look around and, and give thanks for what God has given you today because there is so much for you to be thankful for. Amen? Amen no matter what you're going through. And I'm not saying that doesn't diminish the struggles and trials that we go through. We have so much to be thankful for. Amen? Amen. So, so we give thanks. And the practice of giving thanks itself helps us when we start to feel anxious. Here's another one. We, we look to the scriptures. First Peter 5, 7 is a great one to write down and to go look up. But it, it, it says, cast your cares upon him because he loves you. Again, this fatherly kindness of our God. Cast your cares upon him because he loves you. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God will will comfort you, will transcend your your heart and your mind. And that's a promise. Now, I'm not saying that, the command to stop being anxious is itself the antidote, the antidote to stop being anxious because often it is a daily fight. But, but thinking about these scriptures can help. So give thanks, look at these scriptures, pray for today. And that rhymes so you can remember it. Pray for today. Don't, don't just hold off on, on praying about tomorrow for a little while and just pray, pray about today, what you need for today and And the last thing is um, think about the promises of god i I um, spoke with a, a dear family friend recently who has meant a lot to our family and been a blessing to our family and uh, she is just struggling with with um, depression and despair and the kind of black dog despair that is it's just hard to to get out of and and we we sat and we talked and we prayed and and um, one of the things that we that we recited was just the simple promises of God. Promises like never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Just think about that for a moment. Your father loves you so much that there is never a moment that he's gonna leave you. That's, that's a wonderful promise. The promise that in all things, God is working for the good of his people. His, their, their eternal good. That may not feel like good today, but your eternal good, without question, is, is being worked out, promises like if, if I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I have no need to fear because you, God, are with me. And, and sometimes meditating on these promises, it, it helps. And we don't know, a, a lot of times there's the kind of depression and anxiety that is clinical and that requires a number of different approaches like medication and, and, and consistent counseling. And But these are all intended for the Christian to help us, and I, I think that's what the prayer points us to. Just thinking about today, giving thanks today, asking God for what we need for today, because um, that's all we have is today. We don't know if we will have tomorrow, and that leads us to uh, what kind of. Well, I just covered that one. That one. What kind of bread? What kind of bread do we need for today? Certainly Jesus is talking in this context about material provision, about food. But um, bread is also very symbolic in the scriptures. And it's symbolic of God's provision for his people over and over again. And one of the most important times that God provided through bread happens after he frees his people from slavery in Egypt and what happens after that? Forty years, man, they're in the desert, and they're hungry, and they're murmuring and complaining to Moses, why didn't God just kill us in Egypt, they say, basically, because we're hungry out here. And then God provides. And the next morning, here's, here's what it says. When, when the dew had gone up, there was the fa- on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? Do you know what that word is in Hebrew? What is it? Manna. Manna. Yes. For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer, according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent people of Israel did so they gathered some more some less but when they measured it with an omer whoever gathered much had nothing left over whoever gathered little had no lack that last phrase very very important to have nothing left over to have no lack that's what we're asking for when we pray this prayer and so it's good and wise to ask for practical needs that we have but we also know, brothers and sisters, that the most practical need that we have is not material at all. It is at the core spiritual. We have a spiritual need. And Jesus addresses this need in John chapter six, paralleling it to the bread that God gave to his people and the bread even that we can ask for in the Lord's prayer. Though he's talking about material need in the Lord's prayer, it, it, it points us to spiritual need. And in John chapter 6, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This is the bread that you and I need more than any other bread, amen. And I want you to know if you're here this morning and you don't understand what that means, I wanna explain to you what it means. You and I, spiritually speaking, on our own, are completely starved we can do nothing to provide for our own um, sustenance spiritually. We were created to be connected to God and to be fed by God, not only by the physical means, material means, but by spiritual means, by his very word. And and Jesus in another another place quotes Deuteronomy 8.3, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We were created to hear God's word and to obey it and every one of us has turned away from that great gift and we are starving on our own. And in that position of rebellion against God, of starving on our own, of dying spiritually, Jesus came to redeem us and he lived And died on the cross for sinners and then he rose again so that you and I, if we genuinely receive he who is the bread of life, Jesus himself. If we repent of our sins say we're sorry for all that we've done wrong and then we receive the bread of life, we believe in Jesus, you and I are given the spiritual food that we need from now until we enter into eternity. That's the gospel, amen. If you do not have this bread of life you just need to come to the table where the rest of us beggars have gone to the table at the foot of the cross where we receive everything that we need. We need the bread of life that comes from Jesus and if you have this bread of life then you have hope. That doesn't mean that your material wants or needs go away but it it does mean that you are safe no matter what happens. And there have been Christians throughout the history of the church who have died because of material want. They have been martyred. They have struggled. This is not a guarantee that we will receive everything that we need materially, but it is a promise that we already have everything that we need from now until eternity through Jesus Christ, the bread of life. And that is amazing, amazing news. And, and yet God still tells us, Come, come, come to him. Come to him with what we need. And the last thing I'll say is, the question is, who is it who needs? It says, give us this day our daily bread. Not give me, my daily bread, us. And that implies that we are a community. We belong to God and we belong to one another. And we're called and commanded to be, in part, the provision of exactly what we are asking for with one another. And again, um, there there are some who are in desperate need, and if you are one of those people who are in desperate need, please come to us, come to the church, ask for help, and we would love to give it to you. We, We tithe our annual budget, and part of that tithe goes to people who are in need within our congregation. And there, there are times also where we give and and we provide for the needs of people who don't necessarily—they're not going to go hungry, but it's still a blessing to give, isn't it? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my mom had hip surgery, and um, there was this uh, this request for meals for for my mom and dad, and it was filled in like 20 minutes, I was told, and. What a blessing that is. My, my mom was so grateful. My dad, too. But my mom was very, very thankful for that expression of love. Were they going to go hungry? Of course not. But, but what a blessing that is. And you and I, brothers and sisters, we are to look around for the needs that people have. Uh, one, of the, one of the needs we have is just for more time together in a busy, isolated world. And there are people who have put together just social events over the last couple of weeks where men have gotten together and then women have gotten together. And, and sometimes that's our greatest need. It's just for, for community and friendship. That's what our small groups are about. So we look to the needs that exist in our congregation and oftentimes uh, it's more than meets the eye. You know, so many times we come to church and everybody looks all put together and looks like everything's going well and yet we we need each other. And then that us extends beyond the community of faith. It extends into the world. It's so great to have Pam talking about reset this, you know, this ministry that blesses kids in our community, in our city who are in need and Wow, there's need all around us. And when we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. You and I have been blessed with much. Who around us is in need? Well, we, we ought to look around and find those needs and then do what we can to be generous with who we are and our time and, and, and bless those people who are around us. So when we pray this prayer, we are going to a father who, who loves us. And who loves I love providing for my kids God the father loves providing for his children far more and he does provide and so uh, one last word I want to give is for those of you who just feel like you are at your the, the end of your rope or you, you look around and you think why can't I just be I don't know more more successful like him or well, why why can't I be smarter like her or why why don't I have what you know what I want Remember that God may not give you everything that you want, but he's given you what you need for today. And he has plans for you. You may feel like there's there's just no hope. There is hope because God has placed you here and as long as you have life and breath, you have a purpose. You belong to him. Ask him for help and see what he does to put you on a path where he will use you in this world as you trust in him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning that you you invite us to come and ask you for the the needs that we have. And Lord, we we want to distinguish between wants and needs. So often there are so many things that our our unceasingly desiring hearts want, and there is a huge difference between what our hearts want and what they need, and so we pray that you'd help us to discern the difference between those two, and Lord, we pray that we would, we would rejoice in all that you give us and to, to simply and humbly ask that you meet the needs that we have. Lord, I pray for those who are lonely and isolated and anxious. I pray that you would provide your peace for them. I pray for those who might be hurting uh, materially and financially, and I pray that you would be their provider today. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be gracious toward one another. When it says, give us this day our daily bread, help us to look for ways we can encourage the people around us and give what is, what is needed today and finally Lord we pray that as a church we would faithfully go out into the world and be generous sharing what we have with the world around us Lord we love you and we thank you that you are our father and that you love to give what your children need as we come and ask for you hear us now as we pray according to how Jesus taught us our father in heaven hallowed be your name